0: Hi, this is Mark, and thank you for joining me today on Words of Truth. Today we're thinking about the seeming rise of violence. Man, what's happening in our world these days? Just yesterday, Tuesday, May 24th, we had another violent mass shooting in Texas with something like 18 or 19 people dead, mostly children. I read that there have been over 200 mass shootings in the United States in 2022, And, of course, there are a lot of other crimes, too, like rape and deadly carjackings. Chicago leading the way, by the way. And all kinds of white-collar crimes that we rarely hear about. And, of course, people in the government will always call for new measures when something happens. Stiffer jail sentences. Let's get rid of all the guns. Let's put in stiffer legislation to deal with this or that. But I'm telling you, none of it seems to be helping and if you think it does, then why does all the crime and violence continue and feel like it's getting worse? Chicago confiscated more guns in the 2022 than in all this time in history. It's unbelievable. And yet crime continues to rise there. And can religion help reduce violent crime? Well, two studies suggest the answer is yes. By creating a moral climate that fosters respect among neighbors and by helping to form individual conscience of young adults. You know, studies show that communities with high levels of active participation in local Christian churches may be particularly effective in reducing assaults, rapes, and murders in some poor areas that are most likely to suffer from violent crimes. But here's something to keep in mind. Apparently, young men and women who call themselves spiritual but not religious don't have those same moral inhibitions. Another study went on to show that young people who consider themselves religious are less likely to commit violent crimes than those who simply say they're spiritual but set apart from organized religion. Isn't that something? A separate study analyzing crime and religion data from 182 countries in three states found violent crime decreased as greater numbers of people were religiously active in a community. The bottom line is that religious presence seems to matter in regards to violence and crimes in a community. Why is that? Well, because faith sets moral boundaries. And therefore exerts a moral influence over a community. Faith builds social ties and instills meaning and purpose in people's lives. Faith counteracts moral cynicism and individualism that fosters criminal behavior. Two guys by the name of Ulmer and Harris explored race and the religious contexts of violence. And they analyzed data from US from the US Census the Religious Congregation and Membership Study, and crime reports from nearly 200 counties in New York, California, and Texas. and all of the counties had substantial numbers of black, white, and Latino residents. And what they found was was not only evidence that religion may exert a protective influence discouraging violent crime, but their are also racial, ethnic, ethnic differences in the role of faith communities. Listen to those findings. I, I find it absolutely fascinating to see. They found that black and white violence decreased significantly as a percentage uh, rose of county residents who belonged to congregations who were regular attenders of their churches. They found that black and Latino violence was lower in communities where residents belonged to similar types of religious institutions, indicating faith groups from similar traditions were able to exert greater influence on community values when they had a significant presence. They discovered that religious homogeneity was not associated with with overall rates of white violence, but Further breakdowns showed communities with larger percentages of evangelicals had lower rates of white violence. Latino violence was significantly reduced in communities with large numbers of active Catholics. They discovered that black violence dropped dramatically in communities with high levels of poverty, unemployment, and low levels of education where large percentages of residents were active in church congregations. This is a key finding, as communities with severe social and economic disadvantages are more likely to have high violent crime rates. Ulmer suggests, the findings suggest that religious groups have the ability to cultivate moral attitudes that counteract the code of the streets. I think that any of us who are followers of Jesus Christ would agree that sin is at the root of all crime and violence. And well, it all began after Adam and Eve fell from God's grace in the Garden of Eden when they ate the forbidden fruit. Maybe you remember the account. God kicked them out of the garden and away from his his direct presence. And in the next scene, we see that their two children are grown now and out in the fields working. And because God had rejected Cain's sacrifice... Apparently, Cain got jealous of his brother and he killed him. And that was the beginning of the demonstration of unrestrained sin that continues to this day. You see, the Bible teaches us the difference between right and wrong. And that when we follow the path of God, it leads us to making right decisions. But but ignoring God's will leads to disaster. Uh, we, have, we have a set of guidelines called the Ten Commandments. These used to be displayed on the walls of every school in the country. I know they were displayed in my school until one school in the United States took them down, declaring that they were offensive to some non-religious students and that they clearly displayed religious values. And my answer is that, yeah, they did display religious values. But why on earth would anyone not want that? I mean, let's think about it. Thou shalt not kill. Honor your father and mother. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Why, why wouldn't anybody not want those values for their children? Why wouldn't anyone not want to be influenced by that? You see, that's why they're being removed. Because they're reminders of God's eternal, universal standards of good and evil, right and wrong. And they're being removed because God's law is being pushed out. Because as nations, we've been taken for a ride down a road where we flaunt our sin and openly rebel against God on every front. Maybe we don't want to be reminded of it. The powers that be are terrified at the prospect of people waking up and demanding a U-turn. These men and women in government know their schemes don't conform to the law of God, but they don't seem to care. In fact, far from remorseful at the wicked folly and destruction they're leading us uh, headlong into, they're intent on forcing all mentions and reminders of God and his law right out the door. Well, fortunately for us, regardless which direction society as a whole decides to let corrupt godless politicians and bureaucrats take over our land. We know that God is still sovereign and on his throne. And we know that he has given us the Bible as his perfect revelation of his character, our history and our hope. If our final hope were in America and Canadian politicians being and remaining a Christian nation that honors God, we would be in despair. But since our hope is secure in Jesus, the Messiah, the atoning sacrifice of his sinless blood on the cross and his death and burial and resurrection, we do not despair. It's a dark day for Canada and America and the world, but we know that God has already written not only this chapter and the final chapter, but all of the chapters in between. In short, these haters of God and lovers of self may have removed a monument of God's law in our schools, or they may have outlawed our students from praying over their school lunches, but they will never remove God's law, God's word, or or the Holy Spirit from our hearts. The Bible tells us, blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the law of Yahweh. Blessed are those who keep his testaments, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently, oh that my ways may be steadfast and keeping your statutes, that I may not that, that I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all of your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart, when I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes, do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure by by guarding it according to your word? With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Yahweh. Teach me your statutes. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your uh, of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies, I delight as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts, and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Found in Psalm 119. May God have mercy on us, and may he bless those of us who choose to follow his word. Thank you for joining me today. I'll see you next week.